at home We knew we were safe To be young enough to dream Find the faith to believe Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that Hello everyone, here we are again and I have Alison Hart with me. Uh, the Hartmans and many others are still staying over this July 4th week. And uh, although you will hear this podcast a little later, and uh, we are still doing projects in this house. Um, you can hardly walk. I go into another room think, help, what are they doing now? And, and uh we, things we didn't even plan and uh, our guest bathroom I think they thought oh this needs a bit redoing so well I go in there putting in a new bath repainting walls and of course Hallie gets on the job Hallie is um, Alison's daughter who is married to Cedar Serene's son and uh, my Cedar and Hallie they are such an exceptional pair together um, Cedar can just fix anything, make anything, do anything, anything with his hands. And then Hallie comes along and just decorates. She can't help herself, can she? No. They have down in Pensacola where they live, um, they have just got a house which um, Cedar has renovated. And uh, then Hallie has decorated. And now they've got it as an Airbnb. Anyway, great to have Alison with me again. Uh, we always love doing podcasts together. Mm. And uh, oh, I must tell you, last night, a whole crowd of us on the hilltop uh, went to see the movie, uh, The Sound of Freedom, mm. which is exposing the sex trafficking in the world. Mm. Oh, my. Mm. It was devastating to see mm. wasn't it amazing Alison at the end of that movie no one moved I felt no like I was leaving a funeral yeah you could not get up mm. you could not get up people just sat mm. there and um, I mm. would encourage I can't say go and see it because by the time you hear this it will be out of the theaters I guess but of course it will always be available and you can just get it online by mm. that time or just whatever DVD or but you must watch it I believe everybody in this nation needs to watch it and although we saw the story of two little children who were rescued from Colombia and somewhere mm. else um, the actual statistics are that USA is the biggest sex trafficking country in the world and um, it is happening around us and often we don't even know it. This movie is so important to see, to become aware of this yeah. horror that is going on, to pray above all things and to be very aware um, also. And also I think... Um, as parents, it comes back again to realizing the power and strength uh, and protection of the family. All this terrific evil and horror really is because of the breakdown of the family. It comes back to family. 
Anyway, what are your thoughts about it, Alison? Oh, you know, the day that um, Serene and, and we, we all talked about it, because she had seen it the couple days before, and she said, um, I'm so thankful I went, because it's hard to pray for something unless you can really feel what's mm-hmm. going on there. It's easy to talk about it, um, but when you have those images in your in your head, when I walked away, I thought, we'll never be able to unsee what we just saw. Therefore, we'll never be able to take it. There won't be a day that will go by that we won't be thinking of it. And and it's, you know, just like the horror and the evil of of abortion, when you don't think of it and see, you know, the movies and talk about it, and um, it's hard to pray for it. Uh, But but last night, just really, wow, it ripped off a veil over our eyes, and we really were able to see... um, and I was going to mention, you know, I have, we have 11 children and we made a, a, a last minute decision not to bring our nine and 11 year old girls, but we brought our uh, 13 uh, year old and up. Um, but, but actually, I feel like uh, it would have been important for our younger girls to see it. Um, there was nothing incredibly graphic, which I thought that's what was going to happen. That's why I didn't bring them. Uh, I think it is something that our, we, we're such a sheltering family and, and so many of your listeners probably are as well that I don't think these young girls realize the danger that, that is out there. Yes, we as parents, our job is to protect them, not let them go to, uh, spend the nights or not let them go to, um, functions that we're not able to be there. We have to be so careful because the beginning of that movie, the, the, the scene was these, Parents were dropping off their children to do a modeling, and then they were told to come back and get them later on. And they were not there. They're and they, and they they've were not there. Taken. They were gone. They stole their children and put them in trafficking, and they were gone for years being abused. So, I mean, it, it just... A it true really, story. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, and again, and then the other thing I was thinking, we got in the car, and immediately I, you know, my personality is just, give me guns and, and let me go you know, kill some people because this is insane, horrible. They need to die, you know, but obviously that's not even practical right now. I don't, I don't have that option, but what I do have is I have a little army that I'm raising my children. And so what can we as parents do? You know, we need to be careful that you don't become a pedophile by becoming a pedophile. I mean, you, you become one by starting with things like looking at pornography on your phone. So if you're a parent out there and your children have uh, access to a smartphone, uh, you really need to think twice. None of my children in, in the home have a smartphone. None. Yes, um, ex- except my 21-year-old. Uh, but we don't, We it is the first, Josh McDowell says, the, the age that you want your children uh, to look at pornography, that's the age that you'll need to buy them a smartphone because that's what will happen. And so I think that's what I took away. What can I do tangibly? Keep these children as pure and innocent. And mm-hmm. I know people are listening going, well, you can't shelter them for too long. Yes, you can. You can protect them as much as we're, we're able. Yes. Oh. Now, a couple of just comments there. I would agree with you, Alison, as I was watching that movie, I thought, well, yes, I think, you know, 
10 year olds could come and see this mm. because although we know what's happening it's not actually shown but it does give it would give even to young children an awareness that they better not go off on their own mm. with anyone you know and and I think they need to have that fear of God in their hearts in this day in which we are living because there are predators all around right, us right and in fact you told me the story the other day of this guy you met yes even this godly family yes tell well that was a, a man we we met in in our town but his uh brother is a missionary to africa and their daughter their 17 year old daughter super protective father uh he described him as kind of a navy seal he could kill someone with his bare hands and he's such a good protective father and how many children in the family? i th think they had seven yeah. and they're 17 well this the guy that i was talking to is one of 16 mm -hmm. uh they live in knoxville and uh, anyway, but his brother, they're over in our Africa, their 17-year-old was hearing a sound. It sounded like an animal that was in, injured. And so the 17-year-old went outside to listen for the sound. And their father, her father had built this wall in the backyard to protect them because they're kind of in a dangerous area. She hopped the wall to find out what the animal danger sound was. But it was, a, it was not even a real animal sound. It was a trap. And as soon as she jumped the wall, uh, these guys grabbed her and they took her into um, sex trafficking. And she ended up breaking out of a bag. She was stuck in a bag. They she had a pocket knife in her pocket. She cut through the bag, jumped out of a moving truck, and was was um, uh, she ended up at a school. And then they called the embassy and got her reunited with her family. But I mean, we're talking a very protective family, not a father that just lets them go wherever. And, and look, look what happened to her. So I just think our, our awareness needs to be, everyone needs to see this movie mm -hmm. if for no other reason that our, our awareness is heightened so that we're, you know, we've always said we're not doing spend the nights. We're not doing youth groups. Well, guess what? This is a great reason not to. Yes, you might say, oh, I know the people. But you, you just, in this day and age, if, if the statistics are true and America is the number one and mm. our little children, I couldn't believe how young, how young yes. these children were being trafficked. Yeah. I don't even understand what a five and six and seven year old child would, mm. would be as a, anyway, I don't even want my mind to go there, but we can't just think this is teenage girls. Mm. This is, this was all ages. So, oh. Yes. Oh, another question for you, Alison. You said, and you know it is true, I know your family so well that they don't have smartphones right down from the, you know, teens downwards. So, okay, many parents say, well, hell, you know, well, our just children demand them. Now, mm. how do you do that in your family? So our 17-year-old uh, son has a flip phone, the old-fashioned flip phone. You mm. can get it online. You can get it um on eBay, and uh, he has no access to the internet. So he's mm -hmm. allowed to text. Um, <clears throat> and we, he only has about five or six people he's allowed to text outside of me and D Daniel um, because it's just not necessary and it gets him in trouble. But And the amazing thing is now, all your children, because you've got older children too, um, they, they are not rebellious about that. They aren't. And so, 
you know, how have you established that in your home? Yeah, I mean, we we definitely believe in that. You know, we're the we're their authority, and if they enjoy living in our home, they will respect our authority. Um, I think it is harder when you've already done it, and then you have to take it away. Yes. Um, but we've just established that from the get go, and um, they know uh, that, that that we're not going to waver on that. Um, and, and we, we spend hours explaining why, um, you know, my husband's dad was heavily into pornography. He was married six different times and pornography was the basis of why he was divorced because no woman can live up to that. It's false reality. And so we have that in our generational curses and Daniel wants so badly to break that. Yeah. And, and, and you can't just sit around and say, Oh, I hope my children never get into that. Yeah. You're foolish to think, you know, we, we found a, a trap with even having an, a tablet. We bought some Amazon uh, Kindle tablet so they could do homeschooling on and boom, pornography showed up, uh, just by watching some YouTube videos. Um, you type in fishing, they were watching fishing videos and sure enough, within a few times of clicking pornography showed up and sadly, um, some of our sons, you know, watched some things that we were just horrified and thankfully we were there to, to deal with it. We, but, but you know, I thought I was doing so good. So I can, I can be honest with you ladies listening just because we thought we have everything in line. Satan still got into my, my home just through a little Kindle tablet, because if you have access to the internet, they can have access to everything, unfettered access to the worst pornography ever and then that leads to more and more and those pedophiles on that on that movie last night that are now you know trafficking children for sex they did it because they started with something Mm -hmm. so what a lot of people would call just innocent looking no there's nothing innocent about looking at, at sexual images of, of women or children or ladies or men or it all leads to to just pure evil. So I take it very seriously. And it saddens me when I see teens looking at their phones because their parents don't, they can't, they don't have time to look, look at what they're looking at. I mean, I know I'm so busy. I have too many children to go back. Let me see what you've been looking at. They can delete history. It's just so much better. If you say there will not be an internet source in my home. Now, Yes, we have internet because obviously I have a phone. We work with our business. Our children have plenty of ability to get online. They know how to do it. They know how to uh, run credit cards and uh, get on different things for our business. But there's just no reason why children have to have access to the internet. Mm. Yes, I think that is wonderful. And also, you know, you've laid down those ground rules for protection for your family, but it's not like you are this legal family. That's right. I mean, your family, everything you do is together. Mm-hmm. You're a togetherness family. You do everything together yeah. and you have so much fun and mm-hmm. adventure. Every day is a life of adventure yep. and fun. So your children really don't miss right. out. They're living life. They're not away in some room or in the corner looking at iPhone. No, you've got them doing something. They're on a project. They're working. They're yep. doing this or you're doing this together. I mean, life is life. Yep. And that's the trouble. So many children today and young people, they're not even living life. Mm. They're just 
living an alternative life that's not even real. False on, reality. On and they're hidden away. No. Yes. Oh, we've got to, um, as we were talking last session about the decisions we make for our family, and this is one of the decisions mm. we have to make, um, and that is that every decision we make is, will this strengthen our family, mm, keep yes. it together, or will it fragment? And if it fragments, we don't do it. There's nothing like the internet to fragment your family. Mm. Everyone becomes uh, their own little individual. Mm. They're, they're not even uh, interacting with others. In fact, in many families, they bring their iPhones to the f to the table. Mm. Goodness me. I mean, there's no togetherness. It's right. all this isolation and it fragments mm. the family. Video video games. That's another one we oh. don't we don't do. We no. do know we have not one single electronic device in our home and yet my 9-year-old works three days a week at a coffee shop that we own. Uh, we have a, a camper, uh, vintage camper coffee shop, and she goes with her sisters every other day, running people's credit cards, uh, you know, on, on doing all kind of electronic things. But when we're in the home, we do not do anything that takes them to, yes, to, to get away from the family. Everything we do is, you know, and again, it all goes back to the authority structure. My husband is, is but he's in their life and, and he's mm -hmm. explaining. He's mm -hmm. not just laying down the rules. No. You know, rules without relationship lead to rebellion. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. That was that was the story of my life. That was the story of so many lives. If you don't have that relationship, they don't have a reason to trust you. Mm -hmm. And my my husband has his children's hearts. Yes. And so they trust that he really even though, they, you know, they may want one, but they've never they've never voiced that because they know that he, he wants their best interest. He, he has their best interest. So. And, and most of your children, right down to the youngest, they've all got their own businesses. Yes. I mean, they yes. are living life. They're yes, they don't have time for any of that. young. Yes. I mean, right down to who's the youngest who's got a business? I would say, you know, even Solomon, he's seven. He'll show up at the market and sell something. We have a little <laughs> farmer's market we run. So he'll make lemonade. He'll sell lemonade. He'll, he'll make boiled peanuts and sell those. Whatever he he's interested in that week. Sometimes it changes every week. Um, but definitely the nine-year-old and above, they're all making money. Uh, Annalie's been making, um, uh, meringues and uh, homemade, healthy meringues. We've got kefir being sold, sourdough starter, plants, trees, produce, uh, all kinds of things. But even if it doesn't even sell, it doesn't matter to me. They're learning how to run a business, have, uh, have, um, good customer relations, but again, they're, they're keeping their hands busy with yes. productive things. Oh, yes. So. And, you know, Eden was up staying the other week, and I was talking to her. How old is Eden now? 21. 21, and uh, she was sharing with me. She said, you know, just casually, you know, I've got enough money to buy a house, mm. and uh, so I'm looking around at houses because I'd like to, you know, get an Airbnb going, and I thought, help, 21. Mm. She's a girl. 21 years old, mm. and she is ready to buy a house. Right. Because from a young child, right. she has been productive mm -hmm. and uh, making, you know, things and doing things mm -hmm. and making money and saving it. A and look where she is today. That's right. That's it's right. It's amazing. Yep. Not and then, like lives. just today, they haven't you got know, time for stupid smartphones. Well, and I was talking to Michelle Schramm yesterday just about all these projects, and I'm just I'm so 
thankful that my children, they want to be a part of working on your house. I don't have to even think, ooh, I should ask Eden, does she want to help remodel the bathroom? I know she's going to want to help. And and so I'm so happy about that. But I honestly feel sad if parents aren't getting their children involved in projects like that because they're missing out. You know, it's fun. They have that sense of accomplishment. And then they're being trained so that when they have a home, I mean, think about it. Cedar right now is finishing this bathroom. He doesn't have to be doing this. This is just his grand. This is his holiday. He's on vacation to be with his parents. But he's doing it because he, number one, loves you guys. But he's learning Mm -hmm. from all these other men, these Mm -hmm. fathers who already know how to do a bathroom. He's learning so that when he buys his next home, which he's hoping to soon, they Mm want to buy another Mm -hmm. fixer-upper, he's he's getting on-the-ground training from from men so if you're not having your children work on projects with your husband you're really missing out i know we're totally off subject but oh, anyway no, it's so great <laughs> yes and that um yes brings me on to another point but before we get on to that um there was something we didn't have time to share last session and that was when you um were sharing about you know how how important it is how to strengthen your family mm. and you and a couple of other couples went for a weekend. Yes. Just tell us about that before we okay. get into it. Okay, yes. So, so uh, I think it was last April, the a- April before, there was a family that came to the Above Rubies retreat. Uh, their last name is Stuart. Uh, they have nine children. And anyway, he shared with me that they had a family camp up in Arkansas. Uh, they own a section of the Ozark Mountains. And for his business, Mr. Stewart goes in and trains big, big corporations. Uh, we're talking millions and dollars of corporations uh, to, to, to look at their employees and figure out which employees work best on certain jobs. So he basically goes in and helps them restructure. He does business coaching to where they can use the same people. But, you know, we all have different giftings. And so he thought, I need to use this business that I'm doing, but do it to help families. And so they started a family camp up at their Brock Mountain uh, Ministry in Arkansas. And they have a free family camp that they allow two, three, four families to come in and spend three days and have intensive family um, bonding, training, goal setting. Um, It was incredible. We did it with um, Serene's family. We did it with our family, the Shrums, and then our married daughter. And so there were four families. Um, It was a two-day retreat, two-day weekend. We did a hike. Um, We did a fun scavenger hunt. Everything we did, though, we did as a family. And the goal was to really put your heads together and see which children bring what to the table. You know, they gave the example that if you go, uh, let's say, grocery shopping, you wouldn't have all your children empty your car, all the children put away the groceries, all the children do a certain thing. You would find each person's strengths and put them on that job. And I think so often, you know, we all, we want to have the children God, God has for us. And so we have these big families, but sometimes we're not using them properly. 
We're not um, pulling out the giftings of each child. He talked about the four different birds where we all have different personalities. We have the eagle, which are the leaders. They want to make a difference. We have the parrots. They just want to be a part of something fun. Then you have the dove, the gentle. They want to help. They want to serve. And then you have the... um, the owl that wants to sit and think and, and make good decisions. And we all in our families, we have children that, that identify with different personalities. And so they really worked on bringing those strengths to the surface. And then at the end, we made family goals, which was great. That's something we love to do. We made weekly goals. We made monthly goals, and then we made yearly goals that we want to see accomplished as a family, spiritual, financial, physical, and emotional, and relational goals. Um, And then we also, um, uh, what was the last thing we did? Um, Oh, I just went blank. Um, um, As a family, you decided, oh, yes, your mission statement. Your purpose. What is your purpose as a family? I wish I had mine written down, but the gist of it was to um, to strengthen and to encourage our community while serving them and and letting them see, uh, you know, do kingdom work while helping our community reach. Uh, physical and spiritual goals. I can't remember the exact term, but it was wonderful. It, we did it. We came up with our purpose statement together mm. and then we left feeling so much more unified. Um, so now the amazing thing is, Allison, that the Stewart family, they do this totally free. Mm. Now, if you yes. maybe have a need to just get your family connected, oh my, um, you can contact them. That's and, right. And uh, with, you know, you can go, they will take you, they do this freely. It's mm-hmm. one of their goals to just minister to families. And how can they contact the Stuarts? Yeah, the um, their ministry is called Brock, B-R-O-C-K, Mountain Ministries. So their website is brockmountainministries.com. And you can go in there and learn the different uh, dates that they're doing these family camps. Um, yes, there's a link on there. There's dates. And you're right. It's completely uh, at no cost. Amazing. Other than your cost getting up there, they'll house you. They'll feed you. And, and you will leave you, and they, they serve you. They won't even help, let you help lift a finger. But I encourage you to come as a complete family, the mother, the father, or, you know, if you're a single parent, uh, bring your children. Um, we left feeling like it was, uh, you know, just a, such a wonderful cl- compliment to the Above Ruby's ministry because, um, you know, sometimes at our family camps, we don't have a lot of time to do the the nuts and bolts, the the actual, how are we going to take this vision and work it out, flush it out? And that's what it did. So definitely encourage you to get in touch with their ministry. Amazing family. They are so wonderful. You just, you know, Serene and her husband, they were just they couldn't get enough of it. They said, how can we help so that they can keep doing this for more people? But they really, they really want to reach. I think their goal is to reach 
400 families over the next five years. Um, So they really have tangible goals as a family. That is wonderful. And then the other thought um, is when you were talking about Cedar and Hallie, Mm. as a young couple, they're just a young couple, and, uh, you know, how they are just moving on in their married lives. And you'll remember, um, my lovely listeners, that Colin and I have been talking to you about elevating the family and elevating the glorious roles of fatherhood and motherhood and elevating marriage. And uh, we do have some more to talk to you about together. But um, going back to Malachi, and I think I'll talk about this with Alison today, Malachi chapter 2, verse 14. And we've been talking about this uh, scripture And it says here, Yet you say, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between you and the wife of your youth, Mm. against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet she is thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. Now the phrase there that we haven't talked about yet is, The wife of thy youth. Now, it's interesting that the Bible says those words. And the Hebrew for youth in that scripture means the state of juvenility, youthfulness. It means that back then, when that was written, they were most probably married uh, no later than their late teens because they are still in their... um, time of juvenility and uh, that's so different to today in fact in the united states the statistics for marriage today uh, are that men are getting married uh, at about nearly 30 years of age for men Mm. and nearly 28 years for women now that it is getting older and older the statistics are getting older Mm. all the time Because we are no longer elevating marriage to where God placed it. And we only have to, apart from the Bible, I mean, just how God created us. Mm. I mean, when does when do hormones start to to you know begin to operate in a in a person's life when they are twenty five or twenty eight years of age? No, Mm. in their teens. And yet, you know, we're we're depriving them. Um, This is a time when God wants them to uh, come together um, and and get married. Um, You know, this is really how he created us. Now, of course, we know that there are many who don't find the one that God has for them at a younger age. It may be later when this Mr. Right comes. But... When this one comes when they are younger, Mm. we should not be saying, oh, no, 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 you're too young. No, no, because it is normal. It is natural. And I believe it saves so Mm. much heartache. Oh, now, Hallie and Cedar, um, they're just one of so many couples. I mean, we have so many... um, so many of our grandchildren, our grandsons, I should say, were married at 18. And uh, all of them, um, they 
they're not struggling. They came into marriage ready to provide, mm. already with good jobs, already with a vision to embrace children. Because if a couple are not ready to embrace children into their marriage, they are not ready to get married. And there are some 28, 30-year-olds who still don't want to have children straight away. They are not ready for marriage. An 18-year-old couple who are ready to embrace children and to live marriage the way God wants them, all ready for marriage. Mm. It's not really the age. And uh, But we go back to Hallie and Cedar. I mean, Cedar started to look at Hallie when she was only 15. Mm, <laughs> that sure just did. about kind of caught you on the hook, <laughs> didn't it? It did, it did. I was not, a, I was not ready for that. But... It turned out to be such an amazing thing. Well, and of course, you made them wait. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They, they and she was married at age 18. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, that, um, was, that was not in, in, my, in my plan because that's not the way I, you know, that's the thing. It's even if you parents, you moms, that wasn't your story. It doesn't mean it's not the best way. And so I really had to reprogram my thinking and yeah, I was just going along with what culture said, but, but really watching them, oh, they're so, they're so perfectly innocent. They're so perfectly, um, for each other. There aren't any others out there that can say ha they had a relationship with, they were each other's first everything. It's so beautiful. Like, all our grandchildren, they have married that first one. They haven't had any, you know, things contaminating their minds with other, you know, another girl or another guy. Mm -hmm. It's just so beautiful. They, it's so pure and so mm. wonderful, mm. isn't it? Mm. Yes. I just love it. I love watching, watching Hallie and Cedar, the way they... Um, yeah, there's just, there's no shame because there's nothing in their past that mm -hmm. they have to be ashamed of. They don't have hang-ups they've got to work, work no, through. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Yes, and now it, she's expecting, in fact, we're going yeah. to have a little baby shower. Yes, yes, her, yes. We? She's expecting their first. And uh, we joke because both Cedar and Hallie, they, you know, we didn't probably do the greatest job preparing them on the whole birds and the bees subject. I mean, we just, I just didn't. And, and Serene really didn't either. But you know, it doesn't really matter. They still, they got, they were, uh, they got pregnant at, after two weeks of being married. And you know, they're, they're, the, the whole saying, oh, you really need to experience before you get married. And no, you don't. No, no you don't. That's not everything. God's plan. And, no. uh, you know, in contrast to Hallie, my, my situation was so different. I can't even count how many um, boyfriends I had. I can't even count. Probably close to 30. I was constantly looking for that approval. So I was going from boy to boy to boy to boy, you know, and, and I just wanted something so different for my children. And I see now why. Mm -hmm. Um, and thankfully my girls have such a strong relationship with their dad. They, they don't have that lack in their life. Um, but yeah, there, there's just something beautiful about, um, I didn't even realize that the quote, the wife of your youth was really even 
uh, an age thing. I know that sounds silly. I just thought, you know, I've heard that phrase, but, but really her being so young and him being so young, they really get to grow up together. They really are getting to experience life yes, together. And that's how it's meant to be. Yes. It's so beautiful. Now, we're not just talking about some little uh, idea that we have. This is biblical. Mm. And it, the Bible not only talks about the wife uh, of your youth, um, but it also speaks about the husband of your youth in Proverbs 2.17. And it also speaks about the children of your youth in Psalm 127, verse 4. And so this is Bible language. Mm. God planned for couples to come together in their youth, to have children in their youth. It's Bible. And sometimes I will talk about this on Facebook and I get all these people writing in all their but, 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 buts. Mm. Oh, goodness me. I can't believe it. You know, Many times I'll write about a scriptural thing. I speak the scripture and then you get all the but, 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 buts. I mean, why can't we just take the scripture? Right. I mean, it's the word of God. It's the living word of God. It is the truth, not all our ideas. I mean, all our humanistic ideas, we're seeing the fruit of them. Nothing but hurt and mixed up and messed up and fragmented families and broken marriages. Let's get back to God's mm. way. But mm. of course, this can't happen unless we train our young people and prepare them for marriage oh it's all very well talking about this but no they have got to be prepared for marriage prepared to take responsibility to provide for a family and provide for a wife so she can stay home and nest with the children God brings and uh, a man who will become the head of the home to protect and provide and so we are preparing our children so many parents today all they're thinking about is getting their children into college for some career and usually the degree that they get they um, never use anyway but what are they doing in preparing them for the most greatest career which is to be a father and a mother and to raise a family we've got to prepare our children for that and um, you know let them become you know kind of mature in their youth and you think of the young people in the bible think of david how old was he when he killed goliath and and took on this giant the bible says he was a youth yes he was a juvenile and most commentaries say he was only about 17 years of age mm. i mean are your 17 year old sons ready to take on this giant of evil who's defying the living god and David challenged him, how dare you defy the living God? He is my God and he will take you. Yes. And, and you think of King Solomon who, who ruled the greatest kingdom in the world in that time. Well, he would have been no more than 20 years of age when he began to reign. Mm -hmm. And uh, Josephus actually puts his age at 14 years. And then you think of King Josiah, a king ruling a nation. He was only eight years when he became king. But of course, he was guided by the priest, um, which was such a blessing to him. But 
He was only 16 years of age. 16, what's your 16-year-old doing? He was only 16 years of age of his own volition, the Bible says, while he was yet young, at 16 years, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. Mm. And so this is what we long to see in our young people, isn't it? You know, mm. seeking after God. God, growing into maturity, preparing, uh, you know, for marriage. And uh, so I think it's good to just bring this out. It's there in the scripture. And um, we need to see God's way as best. Yes. And our time is getting to a close, but anything mm. you want to say there? No, I'm just, yeah, I'm just so, I'm so want to encourage people that if, you know, I was reading some of the comments that you got when you made that post about Hallie and Cedar marrying so young and, and the comments were just, you know, well, that might be good for you, but it's been great for me to, you know, and, and I understand when people make that choice to maybe get married later, it doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong, but there's always a better way. And so I think as parents and as, um, as, as just Christians, we need to find the best way, even if it's not maybe the way we were raised or the way we're currently doing it, you can do it better. So if your children are, have iPhones right now, that doesn't mean you can't take them and throw them in the garbage and replace them with something else. You can't, you can't be stuck in that situation. You've got to rise above and desperate times call for desperate measures. And we're in a culture right now that is in absolute desperate times to, to be going the opposite direction. You cannot fiddle around anymore and just go along with what, what culture's teaching. You have got to, and you're going to look like, you know, a crazy person to most people. Um, but that's okay. I, I say, bring it on. I want my children to, to not have to fall under this. So if you're doing something or you're, you were married older or your children are, you know, stuck into video games, don't hear what we're not saying. Don't hear, Oh, you're terrible. You're doing no change. Amen. And the answer in this hour comes back to us parents, to families. It's as families strengthen, uh, that this nation will strengthen. And I'm sure that by now you should have received the new Above Rubies magazine, number 101. There's a great article in it by Pete Pearson mm. called Pioneer Parenting. And uh, don't forget so to read good. it. It so will good. also really encourage you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that Alison and I could just share our hearts with you, uh, with our these lovely mothers and wives again. And uh, Lord, we pray that you will just speak to their hearts. Lord God, arrest their hearts. Lord, I pray for each one listening and all those not listening. I pray, Lord God, that you will arrest the hearts of fathers and mothers. Lord, that this is their most important work. All this other stuff that they're doing, Lord God, is not as important as 
just bringing their families together and strengthening their families, Lord God, and, and making them godly families. It doesn't just happen. It takes prayer. It takes time. It takes sharing. It takes our lives. Lord God, I pray that you'll pour out this anointing upon them. And Lord, we pray for the strengthening of families all over this nation. We ask it. We pray for a revival of the turning of the heart of the fathers and the mothers back to the home, O oh God, and back to your ways and your truth. We ask it in the precious, lovely name of Jesus. Amen. And dear, lovely listeners, please share uh, this podcast and the other podcasts on your social media media with your friends we have to get the message out we are getting a message of just deception and evil that's going out in this nation we've got to get out god's truth especially for families so please share it every way you can amen amen thank you